Welcome back to another week of the 3 and D pod. As always, I'm your host, Justin Lewis. You can find the podcast at 3 and D pod on Twitter. Uh, we are part of the Grizzly Bear Blues family of podcasts. Uh, you can find Grizzly Bear Blues on Twitter at SBN Nation or SBN Grizzly. Sorry, you can find me uh, at J underscore Timberfake underscore. Um, another week of talking about the Grizzlies and, and the return uh, to Orlando and the uh, the COVID cases that are spiking and, and the raising or the rising concern about the league and how it should turn, whether it should return. Um, and this week we're going to be joined by Drew Hill from the Daily Memphian. Uh, Drew, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I guess a congratulations in an order for your new position. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's going to be busy. It's, it, it's, it's a little hard to sort of jump back in when you can't even meet people face-to-face right now, you know, but uh, it'll work out. Hopefully we have basketball here soon, so uh, I can actually do the job uh, a little bit more appropriately. Well, I think you've been doing a, a pretty good job so far uh, with the conditions that you've been handed to you. Yeah, uh, I, like I said, there's, there's challenges uh, to it, but people are more interested in the Grizzlies. They're not interested in me and my complaints about, <laughs> about my job. Um, but no, yeah, it, it's it's going to be awesome to, to cover the Grizzlies. Um, I'm really excited about it, but it is definitely going to be challenging and it's going to be uh, interesting to see what, you know, the rest of this year looks like and what the future looks like. Like, what will basketball be when the next season starts? Um, will it still be totally different uh i don't think we really have the answers to that so uh, it could be a while that i'm doing this job in sort of this like day by day uh makeshift kind of way but you know we'll i'll get it figured out i'm not i'm not worried about it well it seems as if you've had a unique opportunity um to to cover some basketball in the city since you've taken over the job now i've seen the videos on your twitter are those from your phone yeah, those are from my phone. Yeah, I was okay. there. So if you guys don't follow Drew on on Twitter or you haven't seen these videos yet, which if you're a Grizzlies fan, you probably have, there have been some secret pickup games in the city of Memphis, and Drew has been there to witness this. Drew, I'm just going to give you a couple minutes just to kind of you know talk about what you've seen, um, how cool like the experience of it, um, and just then I got a question to follow up at the end of it. Okay. So uh, what I would say about the pickup games, um, they're interesting. I mean, you sort of know what you're going to get, what you're stepping into when you pull up and on the lot is a Rolls Royce and a Jeep that's all, you know, souped up. And you can kind of tell, okay, these guys are pros. Like this isn't, these guys are no joke. <laughs> these are really serious basketball players. And, some of the players play overseas. Tyler Stone plays over in Italy. Um, he's a Memphian and it is, was one of the most impressive people at the pickup games. You know, Kennedy Chandler, who's a five-star point guard. DJ Jeffries, who plays for the Tigers. Alex Lomax, who plays for the Tigers. Lester Quinones, who plays for the Tigers. So you've got all this talent all over the floor. Um, but it's when Ja Morant walks in and he's been the star of the show, you know, the heads sort of turn and everybody wants to, you know, 
see what he's going to do next. And so these pickup games are just so – it's so such a unique opportunity. It's just not something you would ever expect to watch. It's not something that's possible in every city across America. Maybe some of the big basketball cities like a Washington, D.C. or New York, you could you could, you know, pile that talent together and get some really good players in the gym. But, you know, to the extent of what we're doing it here in Memphis or Javante Holmes is the East coach, uh, who's the guy who's organizing all this, to the extent that he's doing it uh, is pretty rare. So you, when you walk in the gym, you kind of realize, all right, I'm seeing these guys in a way that I will probably never see them on the floor at FedEx Forum um, because it's totally different. And when you watch the games, it's interesting because I think the point where they are in their basketball career had a lot to do with uh, the effort level and, you know, the style of play, if that makes sense. Because you've got guys like Kennedy Chandler, who is a five-star recruit, and Moussa Cisse, who is a five-star recruit, who are going out there and playing really hard because they're no, they know that they're playing against pros and they want to show them that they can play um, and play well. And then you've got college players who are out there, you know, playing pretty hard, but, you know, I don't think anything cr- too crazy. And then you got a guy like John Morant, who I would say was probably going 70-ish percent and was clearly trying to be very careful because he knew that the NBA season was returning. So um, when you watch him play, like you, you just – Everyone would sort of hold their breath if he went up for a dunk or whatever in a, in a pickup basketball game. So he wasn't really doing that kind of stuff. We all saw the video of him jumping over Moose Cisse. Maybe that's the most dangerous thing <laughs> that I saw him do. Um, but just – and I didn't even see that one live. I just saw that one on video. But when I was there, uh, there was an opportunity. He could have dove out of bounds to save a ball. He didn't do it. Um, I think he only shot the ball twice in all those pickup game runs back and forth. Um, he was mainly just there showing off his vision, passing, and, and just trying to stay in shape for all this. And his dad, T. Morant, was there, and they were all just sort of joking and laughing. And it's, it's an incredible basketball experience. You're not going to see anything like that. Um, and, they're, and they're so open when it's just – uh, a gym full of people that, you know, that they can trust and they can really say whatever they want to say. So there were some trash talks some interesting trash talk back and forth. Um, and so Cameron Payne was there, Lester Hudson who plays overseas in China and is obviously in this great campaign where, I mean, those two were going at each other with the trash talk almost the entire time during the pickup games. And then they were, you know, high-fiving and, you know, whatever, just chatting it up afterwards. So it wasn't a big deal, but it's different because you, it's stuff that you know you would never see or be able to hear if you, even if you were sitting courtside at an NBA game because it's just it's so unique and so private that they can kind of do whatever they want to do. But I would say, the one thing I would say is, rest assured, Grizzlies fans, when I watched John Moran, he was being very careful not to get hurt. If he would have gotten hurt, it could have been – he could have gotten hurt doing the same exact thing, um, just hanging out in his backyard training, doing drills. So, you know, because you're not going to stop John Morant from jumping and dunking and shooting layups. So, um, he was careful. 
and it was really interesting. It was really unique. Um, and so it's, I, I'm now I want to know if, is this going to be an every summer type of thing? Because it's obviously going to be a lot more difficult. Um, if all of these high schoolers had AAU tournaments to play in and these college players had practice to be at and, you know, John Morant had the off season going on or the playoffs or whatever, you know, right now. And so, um, it would be interesting to see if they can do it forward or maybe this might really be a once in a lifetime thing for these guys to, to get in the gym and play pickup ball. And that's really cool. Yeah. I think something that the, um, the core four was, um, I guess applauded for love for is just how they, they invested themselves in the city. And I think it's been really cool for John his first year. Like he's recruiting for the Memphis Tigers openly on Twitter left and right. And he's and he's hopping in the city and he's playing these pickup games with these young guys and and doing that and I and I think that I mean from what I see he loves being in in Memphis. Do you have any reason to believe otherwise? No, I think he does like being here. And I said this uh, a few times, which is that you got to remember where John Morant came from. I mean, he comes from South Carolina, um, and, and not that much. He was a zero star recruit who had two scholarship offers. So he's never had the glitz and glam of, you know, playing for a blue blood or playing for a huge market in the NBA. And I honestly think that this, pro- that this market, Memphis, fits him really well. And that sort of makes it easy for the two to fall in love with each other, John Morant and the city. Now, do I think that if he becomes a big enough star that the big market's on? aren't going to be calling and all the opportunities that a superstar would have in Los Angeles or New York or whatever, like, of course that's going to happen. But uh, for now, if you were handicapping John Morant after his first contract and Zion Williamson after his first contract, you know, who's more likely to stay? I think you would definitely say John Morant. I I just think that you can see a bond here with the city and, uh, even if he's a superstar, if he really loves this place that way, you know, you can maybe hold on to him much longer. And I know that's something that we, we people don't even want to think about, you know, just enjoy jaw while he's in a Grizzlies uniform. But uh, yeah, it seems like he's, he's really taken to the city. So at, at these pickup games, this can be a good transition um, topic for us. Were there any precautions taking place before somebody came in? Because I'm a basketball coach myself, and in the state of Mississippi, we've been given permission to start practice on June 1st, and it was up to each school district how you did all that. And um, we have not touched the floor yet um, just because – we, we want to be really, really sure that we're doing it right and that we're not putting any of the students at risk, that we're not putting any uh, coaches at risk. So, like, bef- before you came in that gym, before somebody walked in that gym, were they, were they doing anything like that? No, not really. Um, you, it's invite only, you know. You have to be invited to go. But, no, there's – in terms of social distancing and, you know, precautions like that, uh, it's just guys texting the coach back and guys showing up at this gym. And there's a reason why it's private and they don't want it getting out exactly where it is. And I would say the one thing is if, if you showed up at that gym, um, you would have Javante who organizes the event. If he didn't recognize you would say, Hey, who are you with? Like, why are you here? 
Um, and that's a way to, like, sort of keep people out. But as far as just, like, the players go, the 15 players that were playing pickup and mostly some of the parents that were there watching, nah, I mean, it wasn't really a social distancing, and that was, was less of a concern, I would say. Yeah, so I guess it sounds it's more like a, an integrity deal. Like, if you're not feeling well, don't show up kind of deal. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's very much so that, that type of thing. So you've talked a little bit about um, on you, at the Daily Memphian with the return to play in Orlando and, and the whole bubble scenario. And um, you came out, it seemed like you were kind of hesitant, but then you followed up with a tweet later that said, for what it's worth, I do believe we're, we're still going to return to play. Where do you sit now with the the spike that's happening in Florida? Because um, Governor DeSantis, which, by the way, I just moved from Florida two weeks ago. Um, so I was down there with all this craziness. Um, where, where are you at right now with where things stand in Florida itself? And then um, transition from COVID into the social justice side of things and players returning to play, like, how do you see this shaking out? Are we going to start basketball on the schedule that Silver has put out, or do you think we may get pushed back? I think that we're going to have basketball, and I think we're going to have it on the schedule that's currently out. Um, Because I think that they're prepared to move forward, you know, no matter who says I'm playing or I'm not. You know, I I think that it's just – I just think that that's the way they're feeling. And from talking to a couple of people around the Grizzlies, they sort of have the same sense too. They're like, I think right now it's not a matter of are we going to play the games or not. The the, the reason that the games could get stopped, I think, is if you had an outbreak inside of the bubble, right? That's that's when this thing gets pushed back or stopped. I think right now, though, the plan is to go ahead. and do this and obviously everything's really very fluid so you can't make any promises because we just don't know what's going to happen with this coronavirus stuff we've been trying to figure it out for months now we still seems like don't have everything under control um but i think i i think we are gonna i think we're gonna have basketball i I still do think we're gonna have basketball and as far as the social justice um things are concerned I, I actually – I totally understand the player standpoints who fear that basketball might take away from the sort of momentum and change that, that they are pushing for. I think that that makes sense, you know, just just to right off the bat and just to think logically about the situation. Of course, it'll take away some of the attention. It's also a chance to have a really big platform. So if it gets used the right way, um, maybe it can help you know, push for even more change and, and, and reform that can really turn things around. And so I think that, uh, that those concerns are valid. Again, though, I think we're going to have basketball. I think there are a lot of players that want to play basketball, uh, John Morant included. And so um, I, I think it's going to happen, but I think that, the, that their push for, for change is still very admirable and um, you just hope that it, it doesn't take away from that momentum. You got to try and find a way to, to make, you know, the platform and all the eyeballs that will be watching this return to make all that count. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and 
starting with the COVID part of the thing, theoretically, if everybody enters the bubble without symptoms and, and negative tests, then as long as everybody adheres to um, the rules of the bubble, then there should be no reason that, you know, an outbreak should take place. So that's why I could see a return to play happening on time, as long as that is what happens. Um, and with the social justice, um, I agree. They, they have every right um, and to be concerned about the distraction that it could cause. Some people welcome that distraction. Some people don't want that distraction. And, and some of the players have been very vocal on, on both sides. Um, and I think kind of where we sit is, you know, these guys have the right to do what they feel is right for them. Um, and nobody should have an issue with that. Um, and if they decide they want to play and that they want to take that platform, we should support that. And they decide they want to stay home and, and continue to be advocates. Then we need to support that as well. Um, because this is, this is something that is a massive deal in our country right now. And um, it, it still needs the attention. Um, it's, it needs to be fixed. Um, and uh, I believe Justice Winslow hopped on. Um, it was an NBA TV that he was on. It was NBA. The NBA Twitter account was doing a live stream. It may have been on NBA TV as well, but I just saw it on Twitter on the live stream with uh, Carolyn Butler. Right. So he hopped on and, and talked about how um, he felt about the um, the return to play and, and all the aspects uh, around it. Uh, tell me your thoughts on, on Winslow's appearance on that and, and whether you think that he's going to join Memphis or if, if he may be one of the ones that stays home. Uh, okay, so I think and I think it's good to be able to clarify this because I think a lot of Grizzlies fans, you know, wanted to take one or two quotes from that and sort of run with it, even though it may not be the case. So my understanding is, and, and he's right, I'll just call it what it is. Justice is right when he has questions and he says that the whole bubble is going to be tricky. It is going to be tricky, especially if they're going to allow Disney employees that, you know, to enter the bubble and then go back home to their families like the plan is to do right now. Um, and once other family members start showing up, it's like, and you can't expect a huge group of people that are supposed to stay in this bubble for all of them to follow the rules. I just don't think that it's a reasonable thing to have happen. So um, it's very tricky. It is very tricky. And I think that uh, Justice's concern uh, about the bubble and the way all of it's going to work is pretty valid. Um, and that's why he's saying I'm iffy. I wouldn't say that he's iffy about going. It's my understanding that Justice Winslow, if the Grizzlies are playing, will go to the bubble and will play. He just has concerns about it that he wants to voice. He, the, he, thinks, he believes the plan is iffy. I don't think that Justice Winslow would say, you know what, I'm not going to go. Uh, I'm just going to stay home because I don't trust the bubble. Uh, I, I think if there's, if there's anything that stops that from happening, it's maybe let's continue to fight for – social justice and change and so you know and if if that's the case I, he won't be the only one who decides to do that because obviously there's a big push for that right now but I think that if the Grizzlies are playing uh in Orlando and there is no COVID outbreak like we were talking about 
that Justice Winslow would probably join the team. Um, I think that the Grizzlies and Justice have had, you know, conversations about this. I, he's iffy about the plan, I would say. I don't think he's iffy about going or not. I think he would be there with his teammates uh, when it does happen. Right, and that's why um, taking a comment um, or a quote from uh, the context is a very dangerous thing because some of the some of the posts that I've seen out there do make it seem like Justice is iffy on his on his own self being there. Um, so let's assume that he is going to be there and everything's going to be fine and the and the games go on. The Grizzlies are going to be. Um, if not fully healthy, they're going to be healthy with everybody except Grayson Allen. Um, do you think that Memphis can hold on and, and make this playoffs without um, a play-in against the non-seed? No, I don't think that they'll hold. I, I don't think that they're going to extend their lead because um, their schedule is just so tricky. Uh, so, no, I think that there will be a play-in. I, I really like Memphis's chance to be the eight seed in a play-in. Uh, just because to have the Kings, the Pelicans, and the Blazers all there, it's just it's to me it's unrealistic to think that Memphis will play well and then those three teams will all play worse. I, I just can't see that happening if you follow the the general trends of the season and where this thing was going before. So I think that there will probably be a play in. I think the Grizzlies will probably hold on to that number eight seed. Um, they're, I, I'm really confident that they will be in the play-in scenario. It's, it's hard to – the same way it's hard to imagine that all three of the teams chasing the Grizzlies um, would do horribly in Orlando. It's also hard to imagine that two of those teams would end up going like 7-1 and one and the Grizzlies go 3-5 and five and then the Grizzlies aren't in the play-in at all. I, I really do think the Grizzlies will be in that play-in. Um, I think it's going to happen. And then uh, and Vegas thinks it's going to happen, which is maybe more important. The odds are set at some crazy number that there will be a plan. Um, and so uh, I think there will be a plan. And I think if you're the Grizzlies then you, and, or Grizzlies fan, you just have to be okay with that. Because in my opinion, the truth is, if you can't beat uh, the number nine seed in two tries on a neutral court, then you probably don't deserve to be in the playoffs, even if you are the eighth seed, um, because you got two shots at it. So I think they'll be in the play-in. I think that they'll be uh, in the playoffs, too, if they make that play-in. I think that they would win, given two chances against the nine seed. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't see them running away from the rest of the field. I, I agree that it's going to be tough for um, them to – to really distance themselves um, enough for a four four game lead. Now they do. It's three and a half right now. So theoretically, what do they have to win? Like one more game than the other team wins, and and they pull away. So I mean, I guess it's it is possible, but I, I do believe the more likely scenario um, is the Grizzlies are in a uh, a play in game against a nine seed. Who that's going to be, it could be the Pelicans or the Kings. The Kings were playing very well. Luke Walton was starting to figure things out. Um, and with the Pelicans, talk about the, the national TV coverage that um, and the media attention that there would be on the, the Zion versus John Morant, um, this budding new rivalry that's taking place in the Southwest Division. Um, it would be funny the way I'd prefer the Grizzlies just go ahead and clinch, and I, and I personally lean towards that 
they might do that. Well, uh, Drew, thank you very much for uh, joining the show. Uh, if you guys don't know where to find him, he is on Twitter at Drew Hill underscore DM. And you guys need to go get him a follow. Also subscribe to the Daily Memphian uh, to read all of his stuff going forward. Well, uh, until next time, this has been another episode of the 3 and... In-